Okay, so this week uh, we're going... You remember at the beginning of the year we started with the Beatitudes. Um, blessed are those who... Or happy are those who this, that, and the other. Um, you might have noticed we stopped halfway through, then we went to Ecclesiastes. And you might notice we haven't finished the book of Ecclesiastes. So what we're doing is I'm mixing them up a little bit. Slightly. So I'm going back to the, the Beatitudes. Uh, so we, it's Matthew chapter 5, if you want to pick that up in your Bible. And then we'll come back to the finish off Ecclesiastes a bit later, later on. Um, so there are, in total there are eight Beatitudes. And so we got the number five. You can do number five. So I'll, I'll read them one again to refresh our memory. Uh, from Matthew chapter 5. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's so much you can say about this, but I just want to encourage you, if, there's, if you want to pray for your for any area, a local area, that, you know, that our town or a school or uh, an organisation, this is a, a good thing to pray. I think it's a good thing to speak over people. Blessed are, and then just name Adelston as you're as you're, you're saying these these things, or where you live, or where you work, uh, because these uh, categories or characteristics you you will you will find people in, in those categories all around you, and, and to speak that. Jesus' blessing over them is, is a powerful thing. Um, so today we are looking at uh, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Or happy are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. It's very simple. I mean, all of these are quite simple, really, aren't they? But this is a particularly simple one. Show mercy, receive mercy, be blessed. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. Um, now, I'm going to start with telling you what I don't think this is, um, what this isn't, all right? Um, what this isn't, this isn't, uh, a friend of mine calls this rabbit foot Christianity. This isn't rabbit foot Christianity. Do you know what I mean by that? People are you know, a little bit, or a, a lucky charm, you know? So apparently, and this is a weird phenomenon, I need to look into this more maybe, but around the world, rabbits, a rabbit's foot is seen as a lucky, lucky symbol. I don't know why, maybe somebody can tell me afterwards. A uh, lucky charm. And um, so my friend is in Canada, she'll say, um, oh, I can't, can't be doing with rabbit foot Christianity, meaning the kind of Christianity where we wear Christianity around ourselves like a necklace and sort of say, because I'm this, then good things will happen to me. You know, um, good things happen to good people. Um, and so it's like this, the attitude could be seen as like, well, if I do mercy, I will receive mercy, and as long as I do enough mercy, then God will be merciful to me and, I, and life will be good. Yeah? Um, it's a bit like people who think like that and people who read this this Beatitudes like it's a bit like um, a sort of Christian karma. Again, I'm introducing another religious religion's idea, the idea of karma that good things happen to good people, bad things happen to bad people, and everyone gets their just deserved in the end in, in some way. Have you come across this? Yeah, and um, 
And I think I've seen so many people's faith shipwrecked because of a bad understanding of how how life is as a, as a, as a Christian. You know, the idea that because now I'm a Christian um, and if I do good things, God will be good to me. That's how life should be. But if then when something goes wrong, we think everything falls out from underneath because the rabbit foot does work. Sorry. That's good news for all rabbits as well around the world. Um, isn't that good news, Emma? Yeah. And, and for Emma, she has a rabbit. So, um, uh, and, and, but I have seen many people turn from God because they have the wrong idea about God in the first place and then when something wrong happens or something goes wrong in their lives, and I don't know if you've noticed that stuff does go wrong. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, how many people's lives here are perfect? Good. Yeah, um, you know, then, then if we have this idea that because we were good, good things should happen to us, then it, it all starts to fall apart. Um, you know, we sing the song Amazing Grace, um, but Amazing Grace doesn't get rid of all the problems. It actually gives us strength and power to go through the problems and, and see some way through to the other side. Um, so, mercy here, I'm, uh, what I want to say to start off with, mercy is not a recipe for an easy and good life, okay? This is not some kind of transaction we can do with God, like, here I'm cashing in my mercy now, and I'd like a bit of mercy back, because it's owed to me, and it says it in this beatitude, and therefore um, I've been, uh, you know, good enough, and I'm going to get the mercy I need from God. Um, because actually, and this comes back to the whole gospel thing, is that you can never be merciful enough, can you? Otherwise, we're going to be here a long time trying to be merciful enough to receive God's mercy. We need to understand that God is merciful. I love the, the great time, isn't it? What Sheila read out in that prayer, in the communion prayer, it says, it's your nature always to have mercy. It's your nature always to have mercy, speaking of God. It's one of those uncomfortable things about God, I think, because sometimes we would like, and we'll come to this later, to be judgmental on situations. We think this is wrong. God needs to do something about this wrong thing, but it's his nature always to have mercy. And I'd like somebody to do something about this person that I'm struggling with. We'll talk about that later. But it's his nature always to have mercy. And he says to us, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So we need to think of this not as some magic formula, but a blessing that is spoke first and foremost, the blessing of Jesus speaks, that mercy is in God and the mercy merciful are receive mercy is, is just a huge blessing. So, there you go, there's my what it is. Um, so what is mercy? Mercy is um, the, the ability to show compassion, the ability to be sympathetic. Uh, the, the way to show that might come through, well it might, it starts in our thinking, but it might, it will come through our words, it will come through our actions. Um, it's an active thing. It's not something we just sort of sit on and, and say, well, you know, those people are so merciful because, well, because they begin. But it, it comes out of us. Mercy comes out of us. It's, it's active towards people. It's a lot more than sort of an ah, ah, there, there kind of thought. Um, and it's the opposite of, well, you deserve that, don't you, kind of thought. You know, there's something in us. We all have a judgmental attitude, I think, in some ways. Um, but there is, within mercy, there's a, a tangible kindness towards others, towards those who are afflicted, 
towards those who are impoverished or those in lesser circumstances than ourselves. There's a kindness towards them, a genuine desire of goodness towards them. So to be merciful is is an active, intentional thing. It's deliberate, and it seeks people to, to be um, aimed towards. You know, it, it, mercy looks towards other people to be merciful towards. And it's, it's a state of being. If you notice here, Jesus says, blessed are those who are merciful, not blessed are those who do merciful things. Like, is it like, again, we've thought, well, this week I've done five merciful acts. Look at me. It's actually more just sort of like, no, this week I've lived in mercy. I've had an attitude, and, and I may not have actually done anything, but there has been an intention and a and a way of mercy in me, that's the kind of thing, it's a sort of a way of life, if you like. Not a collection of good works, but a way of thinking, a way of being. That to be mercy is to be full, to be merciful rather, is to be full of mercy. So that when the opportunity arises, and when the occasion happens, that we can act in mercy, because God also, in nature, always is to have mercy. And I thought of a good example is... Um, that way of life of mercy, a good example is at the end of Matthew. I'm going to read you a bit from Matthew 25. And this is an example of, of I suppose, Jesus pointing out how people have, have lived in mercy, possibly without even realizing it. Um, I've quoted this a few times recently, but um, I'll come back to it again. Matthew 25, uh, verse 34, it's, it says this, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed. Blessed, notice, by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was ill, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, Lord when do we see you are hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you something to drink? When do we see you a stranger, and invite you in, or needing clothes, and clothe you? When do we see you ill or in prison or go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So here's these people, and they're like, and Jesus is commending them, and he's bringing, he's blessing them and being merciful to them, and they're like, When did we do this? When did we, when did we feed you? When did we give you a drink? When did we help you? When did we act in compassion towards you? And Jesus is commending these people because they are people who are merciful because they just live their life. And they live their life in mercy and in doing so, they actually minister to Jesus. Comes back to that Mother Teresa thing I quoted again a few weeks ago. You know, when I see somebody who's sick, I see sick Jesus. So I go to sick Jesus. When I see somebody who's hungry, I see hungry Jesus. So I go and minister to hungry Jesus. And so it's a way of life. It's not a picking up a box. Rabbit foot. I've done my good deeds. I've got ten in the bank. Looking for ten back from God. No. I think mercy, as I said this a minute ago, mercy starts in our heads and our hearts. It starts in our thinking. It starts, the Bible speaks of us being transformed and by the renewing of our mind. And I think our natural state is to be judgmental. You know, there's the verse in Luke 18 where the, the, the Pharisee comes to pray and he says, oh, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that person. And I think we're all a bit like that today. We all 
we all have that sort of thing where we look around them and think, oh, I'm, I'm not like that person. Or that person is doing this, or behaving like that, or living like this. And we're going to look at some examples of those later, but I think our minds need to be rewired in God's nature. His, his nature is always to have mercy in his word and to be transformed into his likeness more and more. To be transformed into more into the likeness of Jesus. And as we do so, as we look at Jesus and we see how he responds to us, we realize how in much in need of God's mercy we are. That every day uh, I need his help in all that I do, because if I do it on my own, it doesn't go as well. And so, in that parable that, or story that Jesus tells of the Pharisee who says, I'm frankly, I'm not like this man. The, the man that is commended is the sinner who comes to God and says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Um, that's the place where the more we realize that in ourselves, the, the less judgmental we will be towards the world around us. And the more we renew our minds in that, the more mercy we are likely to show when the opportunity arises towards those around us. Because if we are judgmental in our mind, then when something, a situation happens and it presents itself and we have to act, how are we going to act? Are we going to act in mercy? Well, that's going to be a struggle if it's not in our head already. But if it's in our heart and our head to be merciful, then it might, we might just end up being merciful towards the person or the situation that presents itself. I was thinking about this, I think, um, we often speak of people being less fortunate than ourselves. It's a, or we think of Western privilege, don't we? In, in the way we, uh, or we say, well, I'm lucky to be born into this situation or that situation. And I wonder whether we need to change our mind and our mindset and our thinking and rather than talk about fortune, which in itself is the, the root of the word, there is a, it's not really thinking about God in that, but actually to say, I am a person who has received mercy, and, and so I'm in this situation. And I see people who need mercy, and so therefore I will act in this situation. Rather than thinking, well, I'm lucky to be here. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's still, I suppose the outcome is the same, but it's that to live more in, in God's way of thinking. It says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So, rather than seeing this as a deal with God, I'm going to do some mercy, I'm going to get some mercy back, you know, that Christian karma thing. Um, let us consider this as Jesus being blessing us and inviting us into the flow of mercy that is the person of Jesus himself, who, it is your nature, as the prayer says, always to have mercy. And Jesus reveals himself as a merciful God. He is kind, he is compassionate, he is good active in those things towards us. And so I want us to, as we read this, and we read that blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy, as we are blessed by that, we are entering into God himself. We're entering into the way of God. There's a, a merciful, compassionate flow between us and God, and those, us and those, those around us, kindness and empathy, moving backwards and forwards. And then, it comes back to that thing in Matthew 25 when Jesus blesses those and commends those who have been merciful and then they realize that they've been merciful towards God. I mean, Jesus, towards Jesus. So really, 
strange concept, isn't it? You know, does God need our mercy? No, probably doesn't. But actually, Jesus enables us to enter into that relationship with Him, where we can show Him mercy and receive mercy for Him. So, I, I, do you see what I'm saying? It's a kind of a, a flow of mercy from God to us and us to God in a strange sense. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And we're going to end with just some thoughts on this, because I, if you stop to think about it, mercy is a dangerous thing. It's a, it's a it's a scary thing because it means accepting and loving people who don't conform to our ways of thinking, who don't conform to our standards, who don't conform to our rules or way of doing things, who don't conform to our acceptable behaviours. And coming back to the judgment in us, there is something in us that says this, there should be a consequence for your action. There should be a, a punishment for your wrongdoing. There should be a sense of justice. And there's tension there. And it seems wrong sometimes to our sense of justice and our sense of judgment when we grow in mercy and people effectively get away with it, whatever it is. But again, I want us to come back to Jesus and just consider the balance that Jesus seems to achieve between justice and mercy. You know the, the woman who was caught in adultery. How does Jesus first act towards that woman? He acts in mercy. Doesn't he? He, he does it in such an amazing way that the woman um, he, he kind of takes down all the accusers and eventually all the accusers disappear and he's left with the woman and basically he says, you know, where are your accusers? Where, where are the ones that are condemning you? They've gone, well, I don't either, but, he says, go and sin no more. So there is a call to repentance. There is a, a sense where she doesn't just get away with it, but she is shown mercy. And so, as we look to Jesus, you'll notice he's not afraid of tough love. He's not afraid of tough love. And which can be, but it can be quite scary to, and, and quite dangerous to think about how how merciful we dare be. But it's God's nature always to have mercy. The other thing about this is it can seem a bit reckless, and we we can put ourselves at risk of getting hurt or damaged. You know, if we show people too much mercy, they start to take advantage of us. You know, everything um, in that situation where you think, well, I'm just going to keep giving mercy, giving love, giving mercy, and then you end up realizing there's no money left in your bank account, or, you know, you've, you've, a whole load of things have been damaged and, and taken away. Um, and I think it's okay to say that being merciful doesn't mean to say we don't set boundaries. It's okay to be clear about where the lines are drawn. I was thinking about this. Ella went to a big cat factory yesterday. Uh, you can tell me about that. But, um, um, I was thinking, if you're going to keep a lion, right, and you, but you want to be merciful to it, so you want to feed it, you want to give it the love and attention and the medicines it might need and all that kind of thing, you can do that, but you do still need a fence. Yeah? Otherwise, if the boundary isn't there, you're going to get eaten. 
no matter how compassionate you are. So you're going to need to find some way of being merciful and kind towards this animal to keep it well. Uh, and you might need to build a very big enclosure for it. But if, you, but if you're going to look after it, you still need a fence. There still needs to be a boundary. And I think there is a certain element of that in our mercy today. We need to make sure that we know sometimes where the boundaries are. Um, I'm going to give you two examples. Then I'm going to give you... Well, I'm going to... Um, just in a second, you can put that up. Um, I'm going to split you off in groups now, because we, uh, if you went on the safeguarding training, we, we use actual examples on how to work it out. So I'm going to give you some time to think about this. I'm going to give you some situations or scenarios, or people, more people actually, who you're going to think, okay, here's this person, how can I act in mercy towards them? I'll give you a couple of examples from my life for this week, okay? Um, I was riding back uh, home on my bike the other day, um, and the, you might know the traffic lights at the vets at the end of our road, sort of a crossroad. And when I'm turning right, I like to sort of get in a good position so that when the car in front of me moves off, I can just follow them in the middle of the road so that no numpty behind me tries to overtake me, okay? So I pull off reasonably quickly because I'm not, I'm not going to get in their way, but I just move aside once I know it's safe for them to get around me. So Anyway, so I was in that position. The car in front of me, seemed, for some reason, decided that I was, I think, in my mind anyway, they thought I was following too close. So went around the corner and then stopped abruptly there for no reason. There was nothing in the road. And so I then had to stop very abruptly and ended up nearly going over the handlebars and falling on the road. The lady behind me, you're all right, love? Yes, I'm okay. I picked myself up. I got on the bike. This car then had disappeared. They saw what had happened and disappeared. I think they also thought it was a police car, two cars behind me. So, what do you do? Um, there's a bit of me that gets quite angry. I didn't hurt myself, so I got on my bike. And um, I know that down Crocs Park Road, our road, because of the speed bumps, I can keep up those cars, just not overtake them if I wanted to. I just don't. So I followed this car to the end of our road and pulled up alongside them. But just as I pulled up alongside them, I think, I'm preaching on mercy this week. How does this work? Because my default is either to be very cross in a Christian way. Or the very worst, be sarcastic. You may have noticed that can be a bit sarcastic from time to time. And, um, and that can be a bit unpleasant in certain situations. So literally, these words like, and this is where it had to start in my mind. I didn't know who this person was. They could have been a little old lady. They could have been some, some big strapping guy, you know, six foot six built like a... I don't know who they were because I didn't see them, but I was annoyed with them. So you don't think like that, though, do you? But I just felt mercy, mercy, mercy. So I just went up and said, oh, so you fell off? Yes, I did, yes. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Yeah, I'm okay. And I, all I said was, that you just seem to stop in a strange place. And I left it at that. I said, but, I'm okay. but I said, but I'm okay. And I thought to myself, she was actually a quite petite lady, and she probably would have seen me as quite threatened had I got in her face. But, but mercy stopped me in my tracks there. Do you see what I'm saying? And I was able to act in mercy towards this lady. Um, but at the same time, I felt it was right that she knew that I think, I think she did that on purpose. I mean, why would she have stopped there? She's completely dead in the middle of the that's one thing. Another thing, where I just we I went out with Abby on, on the train yesterday, and you've probably seen these boys, and so this is a, something for you to think about. But there are some lads that ride around the town on big mountain bikes. They're the 29-inch wheels. They're the big 
here in the landslide. You're doing wheelies all the time. Have you seen them? Yeah? Oh, they do it everywhere. Yeah. So we go off the train, on the plat walking down the platform, and they all just, and there's a whole load of them, decided to ride down the platform, doing a wheelie, past a whole seat. I can see Louise now. No, it's in my thinking too. So I said to Abigail, oh, welcome back to Abbotsford, because we've been to Spain, which is obviously a lot more, more, more civilised. And um, I said, welcome to Abbotsford. I don't think she quite got it. And in my mind, I'm thinking through this scenario. Has anyone done this? Wouldn't it be funny if they just slightly wobbled and fell down the gap in between the train and the, and the platform? I don't know if anyone else thinks like this. <laughs> I know some of you do. And I'm thinking, this is not a good thought. I'll tell you why it's not a good thought, because I've also been in the car, and I'm thinking, what would happen if I just gave them a little bit less room than they need? You know, just give them a bit of a wobble, maybe teach them a, teach them a lesson. Judgment rises up in me. They need to be taught a lesson. This is not right, children. Just bear in mind, I've, you've got rights. I don't need them. They need to be taught a lesson. But then I had to come back to this message and say, Blessed are those who are merciful, for they will receive mercy. Okay. Now, I didn't act in any way, but I wanted to check my, my thinking because there may be a situation where I might act. And I need to have an attitude of mercy towards these boys. Why are they behaving? Think about it. Why are they behaving like that? They need attention. They need love. They need mercy. Are they going to get it from me? It's like, Stop doing that, you idiot, kind of thing. That's what needs to be said, but at the same time, that's not what they need to hear. Does that make sense? I don't know quite what justice looks like in that situation, but I do know that we need to start with mercy. And it's hard, because at the end of the day, it would have been quite funny if they fall down the gap in the train with the platform in my head. But then I'm thinking, actually, no, that could be really messy, because, but you don't think that through when you're in this judgment mode, do you? You don't think through that when the train falls away and they're squished in between the platform and the train, that's really not messy. But so there does need to be some action taken in their lives. Someone's going to get hurt one day. But at the same time, there's no feeling. Does that all make sense? Amen. Can we have an amen? Thank you, Randy. So I've, I've got, so I want you to split up into groups of, how, I don't know, how many, there's quite a few of here today. Can we do groups of four or five? And I've got some scenarios. So split yourself up into groups of four and five, and I want you just to do it now. If Chris can put up the, um, the PowerPoint. There we go. So there's some questions here. Just We'll spend five, ten minutes doing this, and then we'll finish. Um, what is the judgment or resentment, hardness that rises up in you towards the person or these people? You know, that's what I'm talking about. I want to see them fall down the gap. This is not, however, you can be honest, and do be honest, otherwise this doesn't work, because otherwise you think you're mercifully painful, you're not. Um, but don't rant about it, you know, if, if, if we haven't got time to do that. You can rant, rant about it somewhere else. Um, think about why is that person behaving, get into their, their head, why are they behaving like this? Um, what is the right and just thing that should happen to that person? And what are the consequences? How do you think, I know this is a cheesy thing, but how would Jesus respond to those people? What does mercy look like? It may be something you just need to get a mindset. Uh, there's, 
there's a few things on these, these where they're, they're not people you necessarily know or even meet, but there is a mindset and it gets spoken about. So I don't, I haven't put here necessarily illegal immigrants, but Reds did a brilliant job of diffusing a situation on Tuesday where there was this whole thing kicking off about immigrants coming in, this, that and the other, and Reds, just as Reds does, spoke in mercy into the situation and then diffused the situation. And I think sometimes we just need to be people that speak mercy, even if we don't agree even if we don't agree with the mercy in a sense, but mercy is the thing that diffuses and, uh, and brings peace to situations. And so we may just need to have that in our mindset. I, I have, don't know any immigrants face to face, but there's a particular thing about it. Um, you might need to think about boundaries. And you might need to think about what persecution, because Reg stepped out the other day, sorry to highlight, but it was, he did a, I meant to say he did a good job on Tuesday, but he may, you may, as you speak in mercy, then find people kind of start to persecute you. Because why are you looking out for Mexicans on the border, for instance? You know, and somebody starts to throw it back in your face. Are you in your groups yet? No one's moved. Come on, come on. School teacher mode. All right, well done. Well done. Three, but you can't count to four, but. Yeah. You can pick one or two if one's hot, you know, 